Christmas time is here. Is that what we're reviewing? Was here. It was here, yes. This is after Christmas. Only 364 more days till next Christmas. Well, Christmas hype starts on Boxing Day. That was not, that was yesterday. Yes. Yes, uh, yes. Due to the holidays, this episode is coming a little late, but we are still riding the Christmas hype train. Joyous Kwanzaa. Yes. Well, you can ride the Christmas hype train all the way to New Year's. Uh, Two New Year's? Through New Year's. Through New Year's, exactly. Exactly. Hi, guys. I'm Chris O'Mealy. This is Dan Peck. Howdy ho! And this is Talkin' Talkies. Oh, is that what this one is? Okay. Yeah. This is the the show where we talk the talkies. We talk talkies. So, Christopher, what movie did we watch this week? We watched A Christmas Story. Literally. Uh, That's the title of the movie. Oh, okay. Oh, that other movie. Oh, yeah, we, we watched The Force Awakens and officially rode off the Star Wars hype train, and I'm still coming down off the hype train. Like, hardcore coming down off the hype train. But we promised no spoilies. So I will simply say this. It was really effing good, and you need to go see it. Christopher, it's been over a week. Yeah, but I'm still kind of nice about that stuff. You think anybody that's interested hasn't seen it by now? <laughs> uh, I'm still trying to be nice. Anyway. No, no spoilers for that. We're going to talk about A Christmas Story. And why okay. did we watch A Christmas Story? Because it was it's, Christmas. it's Christmas, and this movie is literally about A Christmas Story. Technically, all Christmas movies are A Christmas Story, but this one really is... The Christmas. So, okay, story. now you want to talk about weird, weird titles of movies? Freaking a Christmas Carol. It's not even. There's no like regular verse with that. Don't have any songs. It's not even a song. <laughs> that should be a Christmas story. When a cold wind blows, it <laughs> chills you, chills you to the bone. Oh man. But so we're not we get, talking about Muppet Christmas Carol. We're talking about A Christmas Story. We'll maybe do that next year. Probably. Yes. So this is a story about a man named Ralphie Parker, and he is reminiscing about his Christmas from 1939 or 1940 or one of those years because that's roughly where the movie when the movie takes oh, place. Oh, really? I figured it was probably – I thought it was like early 50s. No, I uh, when I did the trivia for the movie, it's like it had to be during this time because Little Orphan Annie and, you know, other stuff other. Of course, there's a ton of anachronisms, but I think I think every single movie that has ever taken place not in modern day has anachronisms. Of course, literally all of them. So. uh, But uh, yeah, it it takes place around then. And he's reminiscing about pre World War Two. I thought it was at post World War Two. Right. He's reminiscing about the time that he got the Christmas where he got his favorite Christmas gift of all time, which was an official Red Ryder carbine action, 200 shot range model air rifle. But every time he uh, talks uh, about with a compass and the stock and a whatever that tells. time, Yes. With a compass and a stock and this thing which tells time it's a sundial. So every time he talks about this gift, he is greeted with the classic. 
You'll, You'll shoot, shoot your, your eye out, kid. And that's just... And that's just meh. See, this movie is real. And everyone I know that doesn't like it, I'm like... Because you can't handle how real it is. Like, people who didn't like The Office. Why? Because it's too real. It's real <laughs> people in real situations acting like real people in those situations. Right. Everything is very relatable in this movie. Because even if it takes place in the 30s or 40s, everybody's had a Christmas like this before. Everybody's childhood was like this at some you point. Had, you had that Christmas where they only really wanted one present, and the world conspired against you. Yes, indeed. And you have those childlike flashbacks of, you know, taking out the villains with your BB gun. Oh, I loved him with all his little daydreams. Very, uh... Uh, seems like a uh, uh, Mr. McFarlane might have been a fan. <laughs> well, or like uh, when he when he gets the soap in his mouth for saying the bad word, and he has the vision about about if he went blind at by twenty one because of soap poisoning, how his family would react. <laughs> yes, and they're all they're all doing the "woe is me" thing while he just smiles because he's blind, and that that gets him even with his parents. <laughs> it was soap. Poisoning, oh. and then they they like wail. No. <laughs> it's sorrow. So uh, the the main plot revolves around the BB gun, but there's also the subplots. Like you have his little brother Randy, who is a picky eater and just moans over dinner. So in order to get him to eat, his mother makes him act like a little piggy. How do the piggies eat? Well, get the kid to eat his food. Uh, he also, every time he gets dressed up for to go out in the winter, he can't put his arms down. Oh, yeah, and he gets pushed over. Yeah, he, <laughs> he just lays in the up. I can't get up, Ralphie. Uh, the mother is your typical, like, suburban mom. She tries to be super sweet and super caring, but she kind of, like, has the kids back to protect him from the wrath of his father numerous times. <laughs> Including my uh, my <laughs> a couple of my favorite moments there include uh, when he's trying to change the tire. Oh, fudge! Uh, only I didn't say fudge. I said the ultimate, <laughs> the worst possible word. The f dash dash dash. <laughs> what did you say? Uh, 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 that's what I thought you said. <laughs> and, and so he's sitting there with a bar of soap in his mouth. So where did you hear that word? I must have heard my father say that word at least 17 times a day. But for some reason, he rats out his buddy. So she calls his mom and he flips out and beats her son over the other side of the phone. Probably with the phone. But we all know that that kid's got a wise mouth because that's like the first thing he says to him when he sees him. He's like, hey, how you doing, smartass? <laughs> They're also tormented by the uh, the neighborhood bully, Scott Farkas. And his toady. His toady, yeah. He's got yellow eyes. Hey, you, kid. Come here. Come here, kid. Who basically just twists their arm and they immediately say uncle so he won't hurt them further. He also dares his friend to put his tongue to a frozen... Well, they're talking about it, right? They're like, uh, my dad says it'll happen. Well, I don't believe it. So... They have to... They're scientists! I double dare, yeah. they didn't write it down. Oh, 
the uh, escalation of dares. Yes. Uh oh. And he breaks the breaks the dare etiquette by skipping directly to triple dog. Triple dog dare. So now he has to do it. But the best part is when they go back to class. He's just like, "Where's Flick? Has anybody seen him?" And they're all just like, "Uh, no." And then the the police show up. The firemen show up. And they're like, "Oh shit." Flick has refused to rat out the guilty party, but you must feel terrible. And of course, they're just like, no, we don't. We got away with it. Um, we also have to talk about my Forget favorite. Forget that it's cold. That was a nasty flagpole. <laughs> yeah, that really was. <laughs> that was nasty. Yeah, sterilize that thing before That's... I touch tongue to it. And which Ella... probably would have made it not as cold anymore. So you wouldn't <laughs> get stuck. Now let's talk about my favorite subplot of the movie, and that's uh, the the old man. He always enters these like cr- puzzle contests in the newspaper, and one day he actually wins. He wins a major award. <laughs> it's a major award. This huge crate shows up at the house. It's bigger than them. Like well, what Fragile. is it? Oh, must be Italian. Well, what is it? It's a major award. Of course, it's just it's a leg. I see that, but what is it? <laughs> and I love that, like, Ralphie starts caressing it. His mother rips his hands away and then covers his eyes. Well, hold on. I'm going to put it in the window. <laughs> Gets all the neighbors to come out and see it. It's a lamp, and even the leg lights up when you turn it on. <laughs> the director of the movie is playing the clueless neighbor. Oh, is that? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> hey, it's a major award. I'll push it, push it a little this way. I'll turn out all the other lights. I want to see what it looks like. <laughs> like as he's walking back to the house, he just turns it off. Now, why'd you do that? He also always fights with the furnace. I hate the furnace. Yes, and he's always swearing at the furnace. And he always uh, has the family dogs, the Bumpuses, running through the house because they have like what, like seventeen mutts. Yeah, and they don't care about anything in the world except for fucking with his dad. <laughs> He's the only one that they'll obey, so they constantly mess with him anyway. Oh, the Bumpuses. So when I was growing up, we used to call our neighbors across the street the Bumpuses because they had a dog that was really mangy and would always get loose and end up in our yard and, like, chase our cat and everything. So we we nicknamed the bump them the Bumpuses for a very long time. And, of course, I didn't get that reference for a long time either because when you're a kid and you see this movie, you don't pick up on things like that. You don't realize that there's a reason why they told us about the dogs? Yes. Like, why are the dogs important? They're just, oh, because they ruined Christmas dinner. Because <laughs> they bust into the house and destroy the, the turkey. Oh, the poor turkey. So the main plot of the movie is all about how Ralphie wants to drop the hints for this gun, and he can't. And it starts with him putting the advertisement in his mom's magazine. Yep. That gets rejected. He writes a theme for his school, for his teacher, and he imagines that she's going to, like, reject all of them, but then go nuts over over his because it's the greatest thing ever. And, of course, he gets, like, a C-plus on it. And the infamous, you'll shoot your eye out. He, like, bribes her with a fruit basket, too. Yeah, everyone else is giving her, like, an apple or like, a small present, and he's, like, full fruit basket. Full fruit baskets. And then, uh, yeah, and he finally becomes desperate, and he's like, I don't even, I'm not even sure I believe in Santa Claus anymore, 
But I got to do what I got to do, so I got to get to the store and talk to Santa Claus. Oh, yeah, the greatest Santa Claus in any movie ever. Ho, ho, ho. Uh, if he thinks I'm working past nine, he's got another thing coming. Hey, kid, ho, ho, ho. He works past nine, by the way. Yeah, he does work past nine. Because Ralphie is after nine. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Randy just scre- the kid in the goggles screams. Randy, oh, scre- the kid, the kid that likes Santa, that loves Santa. Yes. How about an, a nice football? 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 Which earlier in his theme, he said, "I don't think a football is a good Christmas present." <laughs> and of course, when he he catches himself on the slide, he crawls back up and tells him exactly what he wants. And Sam just looks at him and goes, well, shoot your eye out, kid. And then just puts the boot to his face and pushes him down the slide. Which, by the way, whenever I watched this movie when I was younger, I was like, shit, that's freaking badass. Have a slide and shit for the Santa thing. Like, because everywhere I've ever been, it's just flat. You just walk up. And then you, and then you walk, walk away. You walk away. Like, that would be cool. You get a whole thing. Some stairs and then go down a slide. Yeah, and all the kids scream when they go down it. I don't get it. That's like the that would be like the best part. Whatever. Kids in the thirties. So of course, Ralphie's also uh, excited about his little orphan Annie decoder ring. He finally got in the mail. I like how he checks the mail every every day, and then if he doesn't find his thing, he just leaves the mail. <laughs> he leaves the mail in the box. Oh, my mail's not here. Doesn't he, like, put the other mail back and then just take his decoder ring? <laughs> yes. Yes. Oh. Uh, so, of course, he's so excited about this, he locks himself in the bathroom. That's the only way where a young man can have some privacy. I'll be right out for crying out loud. Randy's freaking out because he needs to use the bathroom. But he finally gets the decoder message, and it just says, Be sure to drink your Ovaltine. It's just an advertisement. Doesn't he just, doesn't he swear at it too and then just storm out? Yeah. Uh, so that's, those are all the main plots that go on. Of course, he also, um, he also beats the crap out of Scott Farkas. Yeah, the Scott Farkas inci- incident. Yes. And every, every word of that attack is scripted, by the way. Oh, even really? Though even though it sounds like he's improving it. Everything he says. Well, I'm sure that was done to make sure he didn't actually say anything they didn't want him to say. And then, uh, and that's another sign where his mother has his back. It's like, he got into a fight. Oh, you know how kids are. I already scolded him, though. Oh, yeah, the Bears are playing the Packers. Oh, yeah. (laughs) So he gets all distracted by that. But it all culminates in the big Christmas morning where they're, like, ripping apart presents and there's just... There's just wrapping paper everywhere. And the kids open up clothes, so they just throw them and keep going for the good gifts. Hey, I got some clothes this year, and it was pretty good. Some <laughs> yeah. pajama pants and an X-Wing shirt, which got me a fist pound from a large black man at the game store yesterday. <laughs> Shannon got me, like, a full pajama, like a full one-piece pajama set, and I'm at that age now where that's, like, the greatest thing ever. <laughs> And then, and then, like, I opened up underwear and socks for my mother. I'm like, I need this. because I got underwear for because my this parents. Is, yes, because this is what happens when you're in your 30s and you have Christmas. And, yeah, when you're a kid and it was, like, socks. And you're like, it's like grandma, socks, underwear. What's the matter with you, Grandma? Then you're in your 30s. You're like, holy crap, I need this. I do. I have three pair of underwear. 
you just like more. You just like gave me a hundred and twenty percent more underwear than I have. Jeez. <laughs> well, that works. <laughs> and uh, did you get everything you, you wanted? Well, no. Well, there's always next Christmas. Oh, but hey, what's that behind the desk there? Oh, you forgot the bunny suit from the ant. Oh yes, the greatest gift ever. She always gives you the nicest present. Come on, let's see what it looks like. And Randy just giggles. I know what Randy got. His aunt. He got a Zeppelin. His aunt apparently believes that he's a girl and four years old. Oh, I, I forgot about my other favorite part. When, when after the uh, the swearing incident, and Randy's hiding in the cupboard. Oh, Dad's gonna kill Ralphie. Or after the fight is when that happens, yeah. And I'm just like, man, I used to hide in covers when I was upset. This movie gets me. This movie's too real, Chris. This movie is really real. It's it's like the realest it's movie It's so ever. real. Oh, I also like, oh, and all the Wizard of Oz characters beat up Mickey in the parade. Oh, yeah. That he part. walked through the store terrorizing kids. Yes, that's the best part. So, Ralphie finally gets his BB gun. He goes outside to shoot it, and he does exactly what everybody. He freaking stupidly puts his target on a freaking metal sign, yeah. so the BB <laughs> repels and hits him in the glasses. Oh crap! I shot my eye out. <laughs> then he steps on his glasses when he can't find them. He's like, "I need a, I need a sob story quickly. I got it. An icicle. Icicle fell off the house. It hit me in the face. Well, you're lucky. Those icicles have been known to kill people." And his mom, quote-unquote, buys it. Of course. Quote-unquote buys it, yes. And then dinner gets ruined by the Bumpus dogs while this is happening, so they have no option but to go to the only place that's open on Christmas Day. The Chinese restaurant. Chinese restaurant. (laughs) No, no, no. It's not. Deck the halls with boughs of holly. La, la, la. La, la, la. And then, of course, the movie ends with, like, the pure scene of Christmas. Lit Christmas tree, all the other lights are out, and it's snowing outside. Which didn't happen in Pennsylvania this year because it was, like, 70 degrees. It's been 70 here and rainy. Yes, and and rainy and gross. But, you know, this is Indiana in the 30s, so it actually knew how to Christmas back then. I guess. That, of course, is... A Christmas story? The Christmas story. Uh, it's one of them. Yes. So here's some uh, <laughs> some trivia for A Christmas Story. When they stick Flick's tongue to the flagpole, they use a hidden suction tube so that they would actually have the illusion there. You know, so he didn't actually have to stick his tongue to a flagpole. Because it does look too real. There's when no happens. truth in this narrative. Yes. Um, in 2005, the original home that they used for the exterior shots was put up for auction on eBay, and a guy named Brian Jones, who's a huge fan of the movie, bought it for $150,000. He then spent the year doing a full restoration so it looked exactly like the interior of the home shown in the movie, because some of it was shot in Toronto. On November 25, 2006, the home finally opened its doors as a tourist attraction, and he spent close to half a million in preparation for it. He also purchased the house next door to convert it to a gift shop and a museum dedicated to the film and the house. So if you ever want to actually go see this house, you can. Because it's a museum, and that's pretty cool. 
So, of course, the movie came out around Thanksgiving. It became a surprise hit when Christmas rolled around. It already got pulled from the theaters. So people sent a whole bunch of complaints and they were just like, all right, here you go. They put the movie back until the first of the year in 1984. <clears throat> um, Jack Nicholson was interested in playing the role of the old man. But uh, but Bob Clark, the director, didn't learn any of this <laughs> And they didn't also want to pay Nicholson's fee anyway, which would have been double the film's budget. I would imagine. Plus, he was like, Darren McGavin was a better choice anyway, so they just stuck with that. Yeah, I think it was better with all barely known or unknown actors. Yeah, I think so, too. Because you know, now you, you affiliate the story better. Well, that's like a... Some films are just more distracting if you have two, a too well-known actor in the role. Because you're just like, oh, that's not blah, blah, blah. That's the actor. Yep. <laughs> that's why DiCaprio needs a freaking Oscar already. Because <laughs> I get lost in his roles, and I'm just like, man, it's so good. I forget that that's Leo. I don't I think still- he's going to get it for The Revenant, because the commercial for it is is an interview with him. And yeah. I'm like, that's a hallmark of a movie I don't want to see. I just, he should have gotten it for that scene in Wolf of Wall Street where he's trying to get into his car. He should have gotten it for that scene alone. Because he improved the whole thing. So, uh, very, not many studios were interested in a post-depression era story about a little boy wanting a BB gun for Christmas. So, according to Peter Billingsley... The director had to agree to make a horror film for them, too, so they would make a Christmas story. Oh, yeah? And that horror film was? It does not say. Should I look it up? Look up that director, yo. Click his Bob Clark horror films. Oh, well, no, it can't be. I guess it could be Black Christmas, but that came out in 74, and this came out in 83. So, no, that wouldn't be it. No. And it wasn't Porky's. I don't, I don't know which one he could have made. There was, uh, it runs in the family. I don't know what that is. Yeah. Somebody, I'm sure somebody will come up with it. Unless he never actually made this horror movie. Oh, he made Baby Geniuses. That's a horror movie. It's like one of the worst movies ever made. Babies are geniuses. <laughs> Ralphie says he wants the Red Rider BB gun 28 times in the movie. I think we get it, kid. Eh, maybe just some Tinker Toys. Tinker Toys? Yes. Yes. And, of course, we all know that Ralphie tells his mother, his teacher, and Santa he wants the BB gun. And the only person he doesn't actually ask is his father, who's the one who gets him the gift anyway. Yeah. Like, I think, like, as much as they, like, negative per- negatively portray the father, at least in, like, the first half of the movie, I think he's... Loves his family and does his best for them, actually. Yeah. And we already talked about how Bob Clark plays the dim-witted neighbor. But um, the writer and narrator, Gene Shepard, is the guy waiting in line who gets mad that Ralphie's cutting him. Oh, he's like, no, this is where the the line starts. (laughs) Uh, We'll never make it to Santa Claus. But yes, that, of course, is Christmas Story. It's a Christmas classic. Um, A lot of people call it the best Christmas movie ever. I like it, but I don't know Muppets Christmas Carol. It, it's it's I, 
I think so many people call it the best and the definitive one that I kind of reject it out of principle because that's kind of what I do when I hear stuff like that too much. Um, It's a very good movie, and I really like it, but there's other Christmas movies I like better. For example, The Griswolds and The Muppets. Even Home Alone. But those are all personal preferences. This movie is still awesome, still a Christmas classic, and still really fun to watch every year. And if you don't get a chance to catch it, just put on TBS at 8 o'clock on Christmas Eve. And then you'll have it until 8 o'clock Christmas. <laughs> Christmas Day, because they do it. That's all they do. 24 hours of Christmas story. That's why it's so weird to actually watch my DVD copy of the movie, because I'm like, really? This part happens now? Because I'm so used to watching it in spurts. All right. So let's talk about our year-end wrap-up movie. It'll be happening next week for New Year's. It'll be the last of the Christmas hype movies, and that's It's a Wonderful Life. You know It's a Wonderful Life, guys. Frank, Jimmy Frank Capra's classic, It's a Wonderful Life. Yep. I believe is how it's billed on my DVD copy. Yes. Oh, no, it's just, yeah. For Frank Capra's It's a Wonderful Life, uh, original uncut version. Includes the making of. Oh my goodness, I should watch that. Oh man. And then uh, in January, we have we had a full open month and we got four good suggestions from fans of the show. So I want to thank Ellis Holmes, Jan Batista, Matt Hardman, and Mike Irizarry for giving us our January films. We'll announce those next week. And then, of course, February. Stay tuned for our second annual, also final, Mel Brooksuary, where we review four more Mel Brooks movies, and then we'll just review them as they come, because supposedly he's still doing more. Apparently, we are going to get the quest for more money. Yes, which we should. And then uh, March, relatively open. We have one suggestion from me, and we also have prep movies coming up, because uh, 26... I don't know about you, Dan, but I think 2016 has a lot of movies I'm hyped for. Uh, I have nine movies I absolutely need to see like, in like the need theater. to see in the theater, right? And then there's like four <laughs> or five more that I would be okay with seeing in the yeah, theater. Yeah, there's there's a lot. I'm gonna post that as a new blog later. My my hype my hype train for 2016 film. So yes, join us next week for our year end review for It's a Wonderful Life, and thank you guys for tuning in for our first year oh, of Talk It Them Talkies. So we will see you next week, you guys. Bye.